We talked about it a little bit last week. The new TV series, The Boy Who Lived, it's a Harry Potter story. It's a retelling of the Harry Potter books in a TV series form. The executive producer is J.K. Rowling, of course, the creator of Harry Potter. Some people are finding that problematic because of some controversial statements that she has made and doubled down on that are perceived as transphobic. We're going to get into it with two experts that I think can really dive into this area very well with a lot of expertise. The co-hosts of Which Please, this is a podcast, a very successful podcast that is based here in Edmonton and also in Vancouver. We have the Edmonton host, Marcel Kozman, who is joining me in studio. Marcel is an instructor in the English and Film Studies Department at the University of Alberta. Marcel, thank you so much for making the time and coming down here. Thank you for having me. Really appreciate it. And on the phone, we have your co-host, Associate Professor of Publishing at Simon Fraser University, Hannah McGregor. Hannah, thanks so much for being here. Hi, greetings from extremely rainy Vancouver. <laughs> We've had our share of rain here in Edmonton, so uh, so we can we can certainly relate. <laughs> Glad to have you both here and weighing in on a, on a conversation that I think you know people need a, a little help clarifying and understanding. You know, the question of are you complicit if you are taking in programming that's being made by someone whose views you don't necessarily agree with, or should you just watch something for entertainment and separate the creator from it? But before we get to that conversation, I want to talk a little bit about your podcast, which please, Marcel, since you're sitting across from me, why don't we start with you? If you can sort of define in a nutshell what it is that your podcast is all about. Sure. Um, the The current version of our podcast is a reboot. Um, initially, Hannah and I just did a, a regular reread podcast um, back in 2015, I think, and uh, we we initially planned to do one episode for each book, one episode for each movie, and then call it a day. And somehow it really took off. The books were a lot longer than we realized they would be. <laughs> and uh, and then you know, due to life stuff, we had to go on hiatus for a bit. And in late 2018, we decided to re boot we joined with a network um, we're now completely independent but um, we joined with a network called not sorry productions and right when we were going to reboot this reboot our podcast um, JK Rowling became very public with mm. her uh, with her transphobia and we had to have a serious discussion about whether we still wanted to make a Harry Potter podcast. Well, that's essentially what it is. It's a Harry Potter podcast. Is it? Is it for people that aren't necessarily huge Harry Potter fans? Hannah, <laughs> is this podcast sort of for everybody? Do you broaden it out in terms of the things that you talk about that aren't only to do with Harry Potter? I mean, we do close read Harry Potter in every episode, um, and it does in a lot of ways assume at least familiarity with what happens in the mm -hmm. book. What what it isn't is like a play-by-play -play of plot devices. What we're actually doing is using Harry Potter as this sort of massively shared cultural phenomenon to teach our listeners skills around critical reading. Mm. So in every episode, we introduce a different kind of critical reading lens that helps people understand different ways to engage with media that's maybe a little more complex than like it's just for entertainment and we use harry potter or we have used harry potter as the the 
text for that process, largely because for our generation in particular, it's just unprecedentedly popular. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a $25 billion franchise. I remember being in grade six when the first book came out and it was a phenomenon and it continues to dominate. It's something mm-hmm. that's been a large part of a lot of people's lives for a really long time. So trying mm-hmm. to separate something that you really love and have a lot of appreciation for as a fan mm-hmm. from the comments made by the creator, I-, I can see where that would be something very difficult to try to reconcile and decide whether you're going to continue doing the podcast or not. Mm-hmm. So, Marcel, where did you where did you land with that in terms of wanting to continue on, but not necessarily feeling like, like you related with the comments uh, yeah. that JK had said? Yeah, we were we were conflicted. Um, what we decided was that we were going to go ahead with the podcast, and we were we made a conscious decision not to do anything that would put new dollars in J.K. Rowling's pocket. Got it. So we already own the books, so we would talk about the books. Um, we had previously gone to the Wizarding World or the Harry Potter Wizarding World at uh, Universal Studios. We decided we weren't going to do that again. Um, and so then when the uh, the Harry Potter cast reunion happened, we decided not to watch it and we decided not to host any events with our with our listeners or our uh, our Patreon supporters that would uh, encourage them to watch it. Can we clarify a little bit about what was said that is perceived as problematic because I know that some people view the comments that J.K. Rowling has said as being um, really um, feminist and standing Mm -hmm. up to misogyny and Mm -hmm. don't necessarily see the correlation between her comments and transphobia. Hannah, maybe you can try to touch on this one first. Yeah, absolutely. So so there's something really important to distinguish between J.K. Rowling's public comments, which are bad, and J.K. Rowling's public actions, which are the same politically as her comments, and also much, much worse in terms of real danger to trans people. So J.K. Rowling is politically aligned with a movement in the U.K. right now that was working very, very hard to strip away human rights protections from trans people. It's a concerted collective political movement that believes, one, that trans people are not the genders that they say they are, two, that trans women are a danger to cis women, and three, that it is a feminist activity to attempt to strip away human rights and legal protections from trans people. And Rowling has not only publicly advocated for that movement, she's also, and this is really key, used her billions of Harry Potter dollars Mm. to financially and politically support that movement through doing things like stripping JK the stripping her foundation's funding away from for example the Edinburgh Rape Crisis Center because they hired a trans woman as their CEO and she said nope I want nothing to do with that she opened a private trans explicitly trans excluding rape crisis center in Edinburgh to conflict with that and stripped her funding from them so why so those are Those are actions that make the world more dangerous for trans people. Mm -hmm. I'm so confused on why HBO would would have her sign on as the executive producer then. Why make that decision? Because she owns the IP. But is there no way that she could be a consultant? She owns it. 
Could she not consult and be a part of it? Why why make that move to make her executive producer? Could they not create the show if she wasn't in that role? That's what an executive producer is. It's it's the, the sort of media word for consultant. Hmm. It basically means she gets a chunk of the money and gets say in what decisions are made. Because you cannot buy any official Harry Potter thing. You cannot watch any official Harry Potter thing. You cannot go to Universal Studios, period, without putting more money directly in her pocket. Right. And she very publicly says... I know that my politics are right because of how much money I have. So then that begs the question, should you be watching the new series, A Boy Who Lived, where she is, of course, the executive producer, or Mm -hmm. or are you then taking a stance uh, of apathy uh, against all of the things that she has has done that promote hatred? Uh, We're going to continue this conversation in just a moment, but we do just have to take a short break. We're talking to the co-host of Witch Please. It's a Harry Potter podcast. Marcel Kozman is in studio with me. Her co-host, Hannah McGregor, is on the phone. Chelsea on chat will continue in two minutes. Can you still like something? without supporting its creator. We're talking about the new Harry Potter series, A Boy Who Lived. It's an HBO series that's based on the books. It's a retelling of the books. J.K. Rowling is the executive producer, and based on her problematic comments, there's a lot of controversy about people even wanting to consume this new TV show. There's outcry to remove her as executive producer. There's also outcry to uh, not participate in watching this show. So what's the right thing to do in this instance? We're talking to the co-hosts of Witch Play. I have Marcel Kozman in studio with me, and her co-host, Hannah McGregor, is on the phone in Vancouver. Marcel, we were just kind of talking off air a little bit about just how influential J.K. Rowling is. Could you speak to that a bit? Sure, yeah. Um, Well, I guess one thing that I want to say is that no matter how progressive this show could be, the fact that it continues to um, be greenlit by J.K. Rowling that in itself gives her a a platform to speak about social justice issues. And so even if she, no, let me say that again, even if the showrunners, for example, don't agree with her, with her transphobic beliefs, the fact that she's still able to use her association with a progressive Harry Potter franchise, that in itself kind of gives her the the right or the social credibility to to speak on things like feminism or sex and gender and women's rights and safety. And um, I so the the conversation you and I were just having was about this coalition of Harry Potter fandom leaders who are circulating and signing an open letter um, asking the board of directors of HBO not to go ahead with the series. And um, one of the things that the letter does very well, I didn't, I, Hannah and I didn't write it. We can't take any credit for it. It's a great letter. They, really good letter. It is. Um, they very carefully provide evidence for all of the ways that Rowling has influenced transphobic law or transphobic uh, legal action or the, the stripping away of rights for trans kids in the United States. And so, so when we say that you know, she's part of this movement. 
it's not just a movement across the pond. These are conversations that are happening here. She's incredibly influential, incredibly powerful, and lawmakers will quote her in their introduction of bills to wow. to limit access to to um, you know trans affirming or gender affirming and life saving medical care, for example. So that reach and that influence is incredibly profound and incredibly mm-hmm. damaging. This isn't a trying to to limit freedom of speech and and not allow someone to to speak on maybe controversial or Uh, minority-held beliefs. This is Mm. about causing real damage and real danger, right, Mm -hmm. Hannah? Yeah, absolutely. And again, that's why I find it really important to distinguish the fact that she makes these comments and she also backs those comments up with real concrete action. And she explicitly has stated that she believes that her ongoing royalties are a sign that people agree with her. Mm-hmm. So there's there's really not much gray area when it comes to the case of Rowling. The fact that Harry Potter continues to be so popular, the fact that it is a series that so many people still, you know, give to their kids, still celebrate as, you know, like a morally good book series, um, that not only puts money in her pocket, but also sort of holds her up as a moral authority. Mm-hmm. And she she uses, she explicitly uses that positioning as a moral authority to back up uh, her, not only her views, but her very dangerous actions. So safe to assume that neither one of you are obviously going to be watching the TV show. <laughs> no. Do you... No. Do you... <laughs> How do you how do you view a fan of Harry Potter and the Harry Potter world in general that does want to watch the series? Because it is something that you, as a fan, you don't necessarily want to deny yourself that enjoyment or that entertainment, but it is problematic to take a part in it. Every mm-hmm. I mean, every viewer matters. Every person does make a difference. So, ha. Where do you land on that? <laughs> oh, it's it's tough. Um, I have uh, I have a seven year old, and she she loves Harry Potter, and it is it's complicated and it's hard. Um, the the thing that I know we've said in the past is that you know we can only make decisions for ourselves, and everybody needs to go into the decisions that they make about what media to consume, you know, based on where they're at and what what feels right to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you know, as Hannah's pointed out, the the money is is the trail that goes from the thing you love to the creator's harmful actions. So maybe people want to download the series illegally. I don't know. I, I'm not going to tell you not <laughs> <We> to. Do, <laughs> we do advocate for piracy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll leave it at that with Marcel and Hannah. Thank you both so much for being here. Hannah McGregor, co-host of Which Please, Associate Professor of Publishing at Simon Fraser University. Thank you so much for being here via the phone. Hannah, I can't thank you enough for your time. Thank you. And we've had Marcel Kozman in studio with me, also the co-host of Which Please. She's an instructor in the English and Film Studies Department at the University of Alberta. I really appreciate you being here, Marcel. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. If you want to find more out about their podcast, you go to whichplease.ca. Check out some of their episodes and these women's incredible bios. They have so much experience. <laughs> it's, it's absolutely incredible. It's been a pleasure to talk to them and pick their brains.